welcome to the Wild Pod. Oh my oh. goodness. I'm Josh. I'm Karis. I'm Meg. Awesome, guys. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Guess who's back? Back. Okay. <laughs> Maybe just hold out on that one. Um, we're going to be talking about creativity today. That is super exciting. This yeah, is a really I'm interesting topic. For this one. I'm yeah. very, very excited. Of course she is. Why are you we excited, Megan? <laughs> I'm just ready to talk about something that I feel needs to be spoken about. You felt like what we spoke about last time didn't need to be spoken about? <laughs> no, I just have. I have. Um, yes. I've been waiting a long time for this. Nice, nice. That's very exciting. Karis has got truckloads of questions. I do. Um, I always have questions. Topic. Before we sort of like get into the nitty gritty, why don't we ask a bit of a fun question? Yes. Which I hope will actually be fun. Um, <laughs> what is the most creative thing that you've done? Well... I sort of feel like that's not a fun question for me, only because (laughs) I feel like my job is to be creative, Mm. so sometimes I struggle with switching my brain from this is my work to actually just doing it out of like, yeah. Are you just like in a permanently creative state? Are you just like creative? But I feel like I need to be, but I'm definitely not. Interesting. Do you fit? Do you feel like you fit the creative vibe? What is the creative? Yeah. Vibe? What is that? I don't know. Like, do you mean you just fit? meet people. Listen, you're just, no, you're just... no, I don't feel like I do. Interesting. Definitely not. The more <laughs> I think about it, the more I'm like, no. Okay. What about you, Karis? What's the most creative thing you've ever done? Um. Honestly, that is such a hard question. I don't know where to start. I can just think like recently. Like, I guess designing what our house looks like, that's been quite fun and creative, but also like thinking about designing a garden, I'm also enjoying thinking about that. Um, Yeah, but also I guess designing creative press spaces like I've done in the past. Oh yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. I like that. it's really, I mean, we might get into it later, but it's really interesting that lots of things that you've said are things that people might not automatically associate yeah. being creative with. Like, you know, yeah, I'm trying to like get outside of the book. That's a whole thing to talk about in itself is this idea that creativity has to be painting, drawing, yeah. writing poetry, dancing. I don't know. Um, whereas so much of the world we live in requires creativity or you're Mm. either utilising someone else's creativity. Interesting. I like that. That's really good. Let's talk about that. Josh, you didn't answer the question. I think the most creative thing I've ever done is something that I've done recently. Because I do like to paint and I do like to write and do that sort of stuff. But I recently went on holiday with my parents um, and Karis. Yeah. And my mum has just got into this painting frenzy. And she had like this massive, massive canvas and I just started painting and I really enjoyed it. And I've actually produced something that I think looks pretty good. Um, mm, it's nearly, nice. nearly finished, but I, I mean, Karis... You have to show me later. I'll show you later, yeah. Um, Karis, you said that you liked it. Karis I said I in. really liked it. Yeah. You came in and you said, I hope that finds a loving home. 
Yeah. It doesn't really fit with our house style. Yeah, exactly. So, so your um, creativity yes. is sort of, this doesn't go with her creativity. No, they, they, it they, they clash. Yeah. yeah. So Maybe we need to do better at that, but. Maybe we should maybe. work on some co-creativity. Co-creating. Yeah. Oh, I like that word. That's a good idea. Co-creating. So, Josh, you've just been talking about how you're creative, Megan's creative, but for those of us maybe who don't feel super creative, why am I listening to this? I mean, I obviously have to be, <laughs> but for people... You don't have to be. Oh, okay, okay, you know what I mean. Like, I'm here, but for maybe people listening online who don't consider themselves to be artists or creatives, What's the should point? they should they just what, switch off now? What is What's the, the point? point? Is basically the question for this episode. Cool. Because it's something that I encounter all the time, mm. um, and so it's something that I've had to think about, and that's why I really wanted to do this episode is to talk about what the whole point is. Because what I'm proposing is mm. that. It's art and creativity and beauty are not unnecessary add-ons to our understanding of God and the church, but are actually key and fundamental to understanding the nature of God and and understanding the new creation and the kingdom of God and what we want to be doing as followers of Jesus. Wow. That's really interesting. Do you think that we typically see God as creative or like interested in creative things. No, I think, I know that the church, widely speaking, is suspicious of art, beauty, <laughs> the arts. Um, and actually recently, the church is utilising the arts, especially sort of contemporary churches and a few churches are really stepping up and saying, okay, let's, let's make use of drama and art and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. actually that's not the norm. That's not commonplace yet. And mm. I think widely, mm. um, yeah, broadly speaking, the church is still quite suspicious of such things. And yet, when you, but if you look back, like, maybe quite far back, if you look at all church buildings, there's such incredible creativity. Yeah. Mm. So do yeah. you think, like, you know, in the stained glass windows or the architecture, like, it's incredible. So do you think, actually, like, there's actually just this middle blip yeah where maybe yeah we're seeing the church becoming more creativity or more creative and more willing to express creativity yes and there's actually just been this chunk of let's not do that yeah times i'm i'm in a sense i think so um if you I think that, yeah, if you look at the, the architecture, the church buildings, the paintings, the religious paintings, yeah. um, the music and everything, I think that there has been a season of stripping it all back so as to not glorify something other than God. But in yeah. doing so, the danger of, of that is 
you restricting how God can move and restricting some of the gifts that God gives to us. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And restricting maybe how people see God as well. Definitely. You think? Definitely. For sure. It's interesting, isn't it, that when you actually look through the Bible, there's so many like instances of like God's creativity. Like the very first words in the Bible, like in the beginning, God created, created. right? Yeah. And you, there's this whole story so cool. of God actually creating the world and forming yeah. man out of the dust like a like a potter, you know, and yeah. then you, you go up to the, the Israelites, you know, in the wilderness and, and the tabernacle and all the details in Leviticus and, yeah. you know, that I mean, make us hit Exodus, the snooze button. Exodus like, 35. Yeah. Um, Bezalel, you know, is yes. the first, first person explicitly said to be filled with the spirit of God. Yes. And he's created. And, he, yeah. and the first person to explicitly be said to be filled with the spirit of God is an artist, yeah, a craftsman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that in itself is incredible. And mm. then not only are we saying an artist is filled with the spirit, you then, Josh, as you said, chapters and chapters of the details of the tabernacle. And again, like the details of the temple and God really caring about those beautiful details to the point where we get bored. Yeah. But actually, again, those things that we feel, oh, that's just, you know, a bit boring. We're going to skip that. Actually, that in itself teaches us a lot about who God is. Probably a couple of months ago, I was going through Exodus. And that actually, that exact thing about, um, what's his name? That... Bezalel. Bezalel. Oh, name your child that. Um, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> Bezzy. But he is, like, he is filled with the Spirit of God. And it, what does that tell us about God, right? Like, it tells us so much about him. Yeah, it does. That actually, like, God loves beautiful things and gives us, like, these amazing things that almost seem unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Complete, um, definitely unnecessary when you think about the tabernacle and all the layers and, like, intricacies yeah. that were crafted. Like, you're in the middle of the wilderness. Like, why yeah. on earth yeah. do you need, like, this tabernacle? You know, surely you think Just you're in the wilderness. Just have a simple right? tent, yeah? Yeah, you need a little tent. You need you know, some hunting equipment, you need, you know, what do you need? Like, and yet God was so tabernacle. specific with things as the, the size of yeah. the, the size of the curtain or the space yeah. and, and the material that everything was made from and exactly how it should be crafted. God was so specific about those mm. things. And like you said, it teaches us so much about who he is. This, I mean, this is the heart of what I want to talk about really mm. and I Karis we were speaking earlier about okay what is what is it that we want to talk about what do we want to get across and it's not I don't want to have a brief conversation about the role arts can play in the church although important as that is as important as that is I want us to talk about the why why should we care mm. what is the point and the answer to that is it's not to make our churches more beautiful or to make a few members of our congregation who are artistically gifted to feel valued, as important as that is. It's actually to understand who God is. Mm. And that's, that's the root of this. So we're talking yes. about these seemingly unnecessary details of the, the tabernacle and, and everything like that. And actually what that teaches us is how gratuitous God's nature is okay and if you just look up online what gratuitous actually means 
the definition I just is, think of an ogre. Why is that? I just hate... What? <laughs> that's so random. Okay, gosh. I... Yeah, that's anyway, just, let's just We're just that. not going to go there. We're just going to leave It that actually way. means done without good reason. Wow. Uncalled for. Mm. Okay, so huh. we talk about God's gratuitous love towards us. Mm. No good reason for it. We think about creation. Why are we here? God didn't need us. Didn't didn't need us at all. Mm. The think about how beautiful the world is. Things that seemingly have no reason to yes. be that beautiful. Why are they beautiful? Like There's no purpose. Wildflowers in my garden, which I definitely called Josh out. Okay, let's not get into the garden. <laughs> wildflowers. They're so intricate and incredible. Yeah, they don't need to be. No, you know? like yeah. God doesn't. He actually, out of the abundance of who he is, he has poured forth so much beauty and goodness into this world. So yeah. that's just, if you look outside at nature, at this world we live in. And then you think about us being here. Like, we don't need to be here. God didn't need no. us. He's perfectly satisfied in the Trinity, you know? So we are not fulfilling this, this... We don't, yeah part of god that was like missing yeah. until he had us like Sorry, we too. are the overflow of abundance and in some sense then if we're the overflow of god's abundance then we too should yes. be overflowing god's abundance yes. into the world exactly, exactly. oh yeah and there's so there's I love so many stories in the bible um of god not going along with a utilitarian view and mindset. What do you mean by yes. utilitarian? Okay. So, okay. in the terms that I'm speaking, I'm thinking something that doesn't have an obvious use, right? Mm. It's not necessarily deemed useful. Yes, usefulness. So, yes. Some, yes. Yeah. If so, something doesn't have a use, they get rid of it. It's, it, a can be seen as, it can be mindset. seen as, like, useless. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Yeah. What artists do, what creatives do, a lot of people see it as useless, right? So, yeah. What, what is, is the point? use of that painting on the wall? Unless you can sell it for a lot of money, that's good, because that money good. has use, right? True. What is the point of the painting? Okay, yeah. so this is the the what we're trying to get at, really. And what I'm saying is that in the Bible, there are so many stories of God disregarding that mentality of Christ disregarding that mentality and saying I'm not going along with that and one great example is Jesus' interactions with Mary, Martha and Lazarus all of his interactions with them so oh okay. think about um Jesus going to Mary and Martha okay and yeah. Martha is getting frustrated because Mary's not helping her and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, mm. and Jesus says... So sorry, Mike, this is, just for those maybe who don't know the story, Jesus, like, shows up with his disciples, right? Yes. He's already got a friendship with Mary, Mar Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. Yes. Or is Lazarus dead? No. no, no Spoiler. He's not dead. Okay, he's not dead yet. Spoiler. <laughs> the story, huh? But, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so shows up with the Jesus crowd. Jesus turns up and is in their home, and Martha's like, got to get this dinner party going. Stressing. Stressing out. Martha's me. Mary's Megan. <laughs> That's usually the, <laughs> the Well, the way big question is, who does that make me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
I was going to say Lazarus, but that's oh. gross, actually. No, that doesn't work. Okay, do you know, let's not go into details. We're not Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And I'm not Jesus. You're not Jesus. Um, but basically, Jesus yeah. is in their home, going to eat and just have fellowship and have fun. And actually, of course, wherever Jesus is, people are listening. And mm. Jesus is speaking, and I don't know what he's speaking about. Mm, I don't know if that's there, but, um, but then Martha gets frustrated because Mary isn't helping her. And Jesus says, basically, leave her alone. She's chosen the better thing, which is to just sit with me and be with me and listen to me, mm. to sit at my feet. And so that's Jesus showing, okay, this whole idea of it's all what you do. You need to get up and do things and do things. And, and that is Jesus saying, no, actually, just being with me enough so that's one instance the next interaction is Lazarus dies okay and Jesus comes and Mary and Martha are weeping and mourning and when what does Jesus do when he sees Mary he weeps with her Jesus knows he's about to raise Lazarus spoiler okay so he doesn't need to weep with her but that's again an overflow an unnecessary action on Jesus' part. Okay, so and I feel like these these stories are building up to the final interaction. Um, also, can you just like call me out if this is not the right Mary? But it just says Mary, so some people think it's Mary and Martha Mary. Yeah, and so some we're people in think it's story we're now. in another, the third story, which is the the one that really says it. The most obvious. Where we see extravagant. But basically, this is before Jesus is crucified. Yeah. And he's with his disciples and a Mary, don't know which one it is. I've heard There's people a couple say of it's both. Either. Um, yeah. But a Mary comes and pours out a perfume on Jesus' feet. Okay. Alabaster jar. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when the disciples say how can you let this happen they are angry how can you let this happen it's a year's worth of wages yeah. it's just inappropriate and unnecessary and all these things <laughs> and jesus says stop basically what she has done will be told throughout the world mm. which it this, is <laughs> you you will always have the poor when they say we could have sold that and you know given it to the poor and everything and she says you will always have the poor Okay, this, mm. what she has done is a very good thing. Mm. And don't, don't say anything else, basically. This is, this is it. And actually, that is so important because what people say is all this sort of arty-farty stuff, which I hate that term, but anyway, I'm going to, <laughs> you know, in quotations, like, arty farty stuff is unnecessary yeah like let's not spend money and time making our church building beautiful let's give it to the poor let's not replace you know do the interiors of the church and spend money on artwork or good lights or um all these sort of things that are seen as creative and artistic and everything let's not spend money on that let's give it to the poor and actually we see we see Jesus saying some really controversial stuff in that passage and saying, actually, this is her gift to me. Mm. This is an extravagant gift to me. Don't 
don't disregard that. Yeah. What's so I guess what well, is really interesting. Actually, I've never thought about it in that way. That actually those stories reveal to us, I guess, the heart of God. Yeah. Um, and his like generous, overflowing heart, and yeah. I guess his priorities in some ways. Yeah. Um, is there like a line where you could say actually this is I'm being wasteful? Yeah, I mean, when you think there are lots of things to be cautious about with aesthetics, beauty, um, just as there is with everything else. You know, there's a... I don't know what the line is between being wasteful and not, but I think that a balance is required in every aspect of church life. Mm. You know, so why are we more cautious about someone who has work in the arts, in the creative field, as opposed to someone who works in a bank. Like, why are we more cautious about one than the other? When if you go too far in any direction and you're, you begin to be shaped by that environment, mm. then it's a problem. Like in yeah. any vocation, in any career path. It's a balance in everything and very often people don't keep it as a balance they yeah. pull away from the arts or creativity yeah. and what we're saying is that actually that's something that god invites us to do yeah. as not as a sort of added extra yeah like to the gospel but actually in yeah. a sense it's like part of who the we gospel are it, it, it is who we are. Who we are. What an integral part of the gospel and not some nice little on Saturdays, the women folk of the church get together and like... Oh, women folk? Literally, and like... Crochet. Paint, crochet, you know, like this no, sort of don't like... take the makeup No, 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 crochet. not that anything's wrong with crocheting. Crocheting's cool, it's coming back in, it's hip. Yeah. Um, but, like, actually, it's not an add-on. It's not, you know, it's, it's really it's, integral. It's part and of our um, calling, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of our calling. And, actually, I recently read an incredible book mm. called Art and Faith. A theology I've got it right of here. making. You have it right here. But one of the um, one of the quotes from that book says, "When we make, we invoke the abundance of God's world into the reality of scarcity Ooh. all around us." So, like, we live in a in a reality of scarcity, and actually, God's heart wow. is overflowing, and there's such abundance there. And so, when we make, when we create, whatever that is doesn't have to be a painting I don't want when we talk about creativity and artistry it's not simply putting a paintbrush to a canvas there's so much that involves which is why the book refers to making as opposed mm. to painting or writing whatever. It says whatever you're making you mm. know but yeah it's it's really interesting isn't it that we often when we think about like the gospel and what the church is here to do and what we're here to do as Christians, like we listen to the Great Commission, you know, go into all the world, teach the gospel, make disciples. Mm. So that's what we kind of see our primary calling as. Yeah. But we, <clears throat> what we don't think about is actually as what is that creativity is part of that calling. Yeah. And actually, as you know, as as Christians, as believers, you know, our role is to mediate God, you know, to to the world that doesn't know yeah. Him. You yeah. Know, that, that's our role. That's why God's yeah. us here is to kind yeah. of. As, as Jesus has mediated God's love and kindness to us, so we mediate God's love and kindness and creativity, you know, to the yeah. world around us. And so, and so our evangelism and so our, the way we set up our churches and, and what we focus on and where we spend our money, you know, it's not all just on sort of like trying to 
turnover numbers, but it's, yeah. it's more than that. It's holistic. It's like this it, it calling people into creativity to enjoy and to celebrate God and those creative aspects of him. And, yeah. and in doing that, what we're saying is we're pointing people to Jesus. Absolutely. And there's so many parts of that that I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is actually, I would even argue in the culture that we're living in right now, very visual culture, Sometimes you begin talking about Jesus, someone switches off immediately. Mm. Whereas people are learning visually, it's what grabs people's attention. Yeah. Actually, I could argue that the arts could be a better way to reach people than some other ways that we have used in the past in the or past. the church has used it's in the past. And actually what you're saying, Josh, is spot on because the whole overarching theme of the book actually is talking about the new creation beginning yeah. with the resurrection of jesus and how we live in this world but what we do can bring flashes of the new creation mm. into a still broken still suffering world and actually what we do now to bring god's kingdom has eternal significance and the book refers to it as creating into the new creation mm. um and actually, that is so good. Just pause. Just pause. Like you've just said so much. I'm still trying to process. I'm going to listen like, to this again. <laughs> yeah. Like oh my goodness. So we are new creations, right? Jesus, through Jesus's death and resurrection, we are new creations. Yeah. We are living in this wilderness. Yeah. Oh, bringing in the title. I like it. I like yeah. it. But yeah, we're living in this in between, right? Yes. Where the now and not yet. The now and not not yet, as we a term that we might be familiar with, but basically says that like heaven is coming, and yet, like you just said, we get flashes of it. Yeah. Through the Holy Spirit, Spirit within us, us right? In inspiring us in what yeah. we do in our vocations yeah. in our careers in our interactions yeah. with people we yeah. are pieces of god's kingdom and we live in a fallen and broken world but a place where we can bring his kingdom and that is the now part mm. of his kingdom right yeah. it is coming in a much fuller way thank god but and you're saying meg that through creativity through the art of making we bring God's kingdom. We bring closer. abundance into the scarcity around us, the brokenness yeah. around us. We're yeah. bringing God's gratuitous love, the unnecessary outpouring of love. So actually, people can say, yeah, but what's the point in that? I'm like, yeah. I, my initial reaction is always almost, what else is the point? Mm. If, if what we do is proclaiming Jesus, yeah. Whether that's through what we say, what we write, what we paint, mm. then what else is the point? There's no other point. And so that is the sole point. Yes. That is the why we are here. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's it's just almost it's sort of like a paradigm shift, isn't it, away from this idea of when we think about like when we think about what does it mean to glorify God, you know, what does that look like? Um, and actually, partly, you know, a huge part of that is to do what He's done, which is to create, you know. And and in yeah. some sense, it's like you know, He's created us so that we might enjoy Him, 
mm-hmm. and enjoy the world that he's put us in. And obviously sin, you know, is a real bit of a dampener on that. Just but, a bit. <laughs> just a bit, yeah. But like, as Christians, that's what we're called to do. And actually in making, in creating, we are glorifying God. That's mm. such a valid way to live life before God on this earth, is to create and to make. Yeah. Um, maybe, can we think like practically yes. a little bit about maybe some things that... So, Karis, I'm interested to hear from you, having like listened to like Megan's like amazing thoughts on yeah. this. And as somebody who wouldn't... You, I mean, you are very creative, um, even though you might not think you are. But like, what are some things like you're going to take away from this practically? I think, yeah, I probably need to work out the practicalities of it and like what it actually looks like. But it has definitely challenged me to push into creativity, to encourage creativity and, you know, that extravagance, abundance in my life so that I can glorify God in that way. Mm. Um, Yeah, because sometimes I think personally it's easy for me to to maybe fall into that utilitarian mindset. Maybe not quite, but almost utilitarian. Efficiency. Yeah, efficiency, get get the job done. Still want things to look good, but maybe I don't fully appreciate the role of creativity. Really helpful to be reminded that God is creative. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, but I, yeah, I have questions. I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Mm. What does that actually look like? Where are some areas in my life I can be more creative? How do so, Meg? Can you help us there? Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you can. But how do we push into creativity? Where are some areas in our lives that we can encourage creativity? Um, I think that it says a lot tied up and it's not just creativity because I feel like the term creativity has borders around it that we have put there but it's difficult to to step outside of that. Um, So in terms of what we've been talking about, about this extravagance, this Mary sort of mentality mm. I would say and in, in, in not striving to be so efficient and so useful all the time and how bad does that sound to us like not being useful yeah. it just grates us doesn't it, it but actually, actually <laughs> but that is something that we're talking about that we don't want and that isn't yeah. biblical so in terms of practically it could be spending setting aside time where you could be doing something else that could be more useful and sitting down with a notebook a journal and doing some sort of poetic exercise and just like reading the psalms and writing your own psalm yeah and like your own prayer to god that like takes time and you like spend time in his presence just for no reason other than just for you and god just extravagantly yeah sitting there and being poetic, being, um, whether it words, you want to paint with words or whether you want to sit and just paint something, never show anyone else, doesn't matter what it looks like, but it's just you, God and colour. <laughs> and, you know, using some of the gifts that he's given us, like colour, like words, um, you know, all that sort of stuff to just do something as a gift back to God. Yeah, that's really good. 
in some senses you're like expanding your horizons to think about actually what is you know god's given us a huge world you know and and actually what where are some areas that in that world that i'm not yet utilizing in a way mm. to like make and create and yeah. like enjoy god and enjoy who he is through those yeah. things and not having like something doesn't have to be i think and this is something i think Karis that like you struggle with a bit is like something maybe I don't like the way it looks at the end or maybe I don't I want to I want to be the best at this or I think I could do better at this mm. and actually just realizing that God isn't looking at something we do is like do you know what you could have written that poem a bit better <laughs> I mean I know I know it's saying you love me but also I think you just messed up you know like <laughs> God isn't yeah. saying that so setting God's got a big house and he's got a big fridge and he puts all of your paintings on that <laughs> all fridge. of your and not one of them ever leaves. He's just happy with it. Like yeah, that. like just think of God as the the loving father that he is, who yeah. enjoys that process, enjoys that that time with you. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy. You know, parents love the rubbish paintings their babies do. Yeah, I'm gonna right. love the paintings my babies do. Yeah, anyway, this game, but into <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah, a couple of years down the road. <laughs> but on that note something that really helps me like if if you're a person that struggles with creativity oh i'm not an artist blah 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 well we're not maybe we're not talking about creativity let's reframe it and yeah. we're talking about making yeah and in my mind personally that feels like a lot more doable and a much wider so many more options making food yeah going, pushing up a shelf yeah, yes. making a great shelf. Like incredible food and a then giving that to people. That is feast. such a creative yeah. way to make something that is glorifying to God. Do we um, ever think about that? Well, now I'm going so to. So creative. I'm not going to use the word creativity. I'm going to use the word theology of making. Nice. I Amen. like that. I love it. That's so mm -hmm. good. Guys, I'm literally a little bit mind blown. I'm a little bit Where buzzed. we've been with this. Like, it's actually really expanded my horizons. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Yeah. Good job, Meg. Good job. Should we call it a wrap? That's, That's a wrap. wrap. <laughs>